Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tom Brady said something that bears repeating on Thursday. And boy, does it resonate now. He was talking about, I mean, the question was basically, Rick Riley asked about uh, everybody being, or so many teams being two and two, and which is, you know, the Bucks are as well. After winning the first two, they lost the second. And, you know, he, he, he got a little chuckle, but, out of it, but he's serious. He said, I think there's just a lot of bad football from what I've watched. That's what I've watched. There's a lot of bad football. Poor quality football is what I see. Now, he's got a ringside seat because he's watching it from behind center. <laughs> and believe me, there's been some bad football in front of him, particularly in the run game, which we can get into. You know what also was bad? The Thursday night game. Good Lord. Yeah, but it's so bad, it's good, right? No, as, as Kurt Herbstreit said, I'm not feeling that, Al. That was a funny moment, actually. That was really funny. That's when you so, you paid, you know, how many billions for the NFL rights, and you get a this game that's nine six in the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, the Walton family is there. You know, they're the new owners. They didn't hire Russ or anyone else. By the way, Russ Wilson, as we do this podcast, in the tent trying to make a tackle after an interception. Russ. Wait, wait, wait. Don't... They actually sent someone to the tent for their head got touched? Yeah, I'm not sure. But <laughs> note, note to Russell Wilson. Have you ever seen Tom Brady in the last 22 and a half years try to tackle somebody? I haven't seen him try to. He made a half-hearted dive in the Super Bowl that he made the greatest comeback in, which which was a pick six going to, for Atlanta to go up 28 to three. He was about 10 yards away and just kind of flopped, you know. I haven't seen Brady... And I don't know ever try to make a tackle after an interception. Yeah, I mean, Wilson, the guy could literally run by him, tap him on the head, and keep going. He ain't yeah. gonna make a tackle. But Wilson got blocked as he was trying to and got hit. He in the did, head. yeah, that's... he did. But don't try to make the tackle. No, man. no, unless it's a Super Bowl, you're, that's fine. You're but... too valuable, dude. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, but also don't try to make the throw he made on that one either. No, you don't see Tom Brady too. do that, falling backwards with the guy. At his yeah, feet. that's true too. It was a bad. It was, this is a horrible game. I'm sorry that you know. For those of you who had to endure it and are now listening to the podcast, probably don't want to relive it. Um, but I, but I say this this quote with Brady because I'll tell you, it is true. He's seen a lot of bad ball, and he's seeing it right now in front of him. And where he's really seeing it is in the run game. I mean, first of all, scoring is down in the NFL. Before this game, it was already down. Teams were averaging twenty one point nine points per game. That's the second lowest or fewest. Uh, through four weeks since, uh, or through, well, after four weeks, it's second lowest since 2009 when it was 21.5. The Bucks are 16th in scoring at 20.5 a game. Mind you now, they've averaged either, you know, 30 over 30 or right at 30 points the last uh, three years, I think, under uh, Bruce Arians and, and then, of course, now Todd Bull, same offensive coordinator in Byron Leftwich. So they just scored. That includes scoring 31 against Kansas City in a game that was never really that close. 
Um, but you know what's also really bad, what's bad ball, and what's what's sort of responsible for the Bucks two and two start is they can't run it at all. Okay, since the Dallas game when you know you had Leonard Fournette go for 127, that was a good running game. That that was a good day. They 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 got Fournette on on the perimeter. Um, they got blockers out in front of them. They looked athletic. They moved people. Since then, nothing. Bupkis, just zero. Uh, they can't move anybody. They uh, are fairly, well, they're fairly horrible on first down when they try to run anytime, but especially on first down. So they've been second and nine, second and 12 the whole season, it seems. And then of late, you know, you hear a lot about, well, we only had, you know, six rushes or whatever whatever it was the other night. Well, yeah, that's as we've said before, that's because you're not any good at running the football. And then all of a sudden you punt, and then the other team scores a touchdown, and then you're no good at running the football, and you punt, and the other team scores a touchdown. Now, yeah, it's 21-3, to three and you have to throw. I get it. I get all of that. Um, but nonetheless, you know, the running game is a problem, and it's going to remain that. Uh, you know, they've combined for 37 rushing yards over the last two games. 37. The, trust me, there's no other team that, is, that has done that bad. Only the Chargers have averaged less game, less yards on the ground per game than the Bucks, And it's not good. You know, it's just a little over 60 yards a game. So you go into the season. This is what's interesting. Like, you go into the season with Todd Bowles. And we talked about this when Bowles was hired. And my theory was that, you know, in some ways, Brady would be more comfortable with Bowles. And you kept hearing, well, we see the game the same way, we see the game the same way, which to me was sort of code for, yeah, we're not going to have him lead the NFL in pass attempts with 719 this year. He's 45. We're not doing that. And we're going to help our, our defense as well because against some of these high-powered offenses, you know, we go three and out, we put our defense at peril, and now we can't do that either. So... I, I just felt like they were going to come into the league in, into this year going, you know what, we're going to be balanced. We're, we're going to take the pressure off of Brady. We've got to do it a different way. And it worked against Dallas, although they didn't finish drives. They only had one touchdown. In fact, they had one touchdown in each of the first three games on offense, which was horrible, right? I mean, just not executing in the red zone. They had their chances, kicked a lot of field goals. Without Ryan Suckup, this team would not be 2-2, two two, by the way. Um, he's been, he's been phenomenal. He's missed one field goal, but you know, that, that's sort of what they were getting done. And, and then of course they fall behind Kansas city, second game in a row down 21 to three. And, and then they just say, well, we've got to, we got to throw it now. And they throw it 50 something times. Now the difference and the reason why Brady had his best game statistically at like 385 yards passing and three touchdowns is that he had his dudes back. He had some guys healthy, namely, Chris Godwin. I know that we saw Julio Jones kind of make a cameo, uh, and, and he, you know, I don't know if he aggravated that knee or what, but he didn't play much after like the first half. But Godwin's starting to slowly kind of come back to Godwin-like form, you know. And who knows? I mean, he's coming off a hamstring; that thing could be tweaked very easily. But he played a full game for the first time. You know, Dallas. He was knocked out by the hamstring. This was the first full football game he's played. And he came out of it okay. Like he feels, he feels pretty good going into this next game. So if you got Mike going, and Mike, of course, was a monster last week, you know, with the two touchdown catches. If you got Mike going, you got Chris going. That's that's the one thing they can do. 
I mean, that that's, you know, you're paying, you got $20 million worth of receiver there. They're your two best players on offense. Not even close. Uh, without Gronk, right, which you don't have, you don't really have an available tight end. You got two rookies that are playing there. But Kate Otten and Coke Keith are not anywhere in near the category of, of you know, the, well, the greatest of all time in, in Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. But just in general, like they're rookies. It's going to take them a while. And, and you can watch the run game. You can see Otten get defeated, you know, at the point of attack in certain things as well. But you've, you've got to do what's working. And it, it kind of reminds me of a year ago, or two years ago, I'm sorry, when, remember the Chiefs came in here the year of the Super Bowl and the Bucks lost to them. It was a field goal game, but they were down, they were down like they were this past game, right? Mm-hmm. Bucks lost 41-31 in this past game. Down, you know, they lose by 10. They lost by three in that Kansas City game during a regular season. And that was a game where Tyree Kill like, had, you know, 200 yards in the first quarter, I think it was, and he ended up with like three touchdowns. He went crazy. Um, they were trying to cover him man-to-man. It didn't work. They didn't get any pressure on Mahomes. It was just it was just an epic fail. But they lost by three. And the reason they lost by three was in the second half, their offense kind of caught fire. They started attacking. They started throwing it down the field. They threw it to Godwin. They threw it to Gronk. They threw it. And they, they, they got back in the game. I mean, it, it was never – the result was never really in doubt. But they did get back from a score standpoint. This last game sort of reminded me of that. Like, they probably should have lost by, you know, 25 or 30. Um, They wound up losing by 10 because they just started throwing the ball down the field to Mike and and to Godwin and and guys like that. And they looked like the team that attacked after Kansas City two years ago. And, And I was talking to Bruce Arians about it, and he says, yeah, you know, that's is exactly what happened. Like, you know, we got we got more aggressive. And I'm just wondering, at 45, does Brady have it in him, you know, deep within him from a, a gut level to trust this offensive line, to trust, you know, he can stay protected and not get hurt in his final year or what I think will be his final year, to just go after people again? Because I don't think they're going to run the ball Unless they do, I think they're going to have to get the ball down the field. You know, if teams teams are kind of playing zone. They're giving them the underneath stuff. They, you know, they're trying to stop the run, obviously, and just keep people in front of them. And that, you know, you can complete a lot of balls that way. And Brady's confident enough to do that. If you remember last year up in Atlanta, he had like fifteen straight complete or fifteen completions overall to to Chris Godwin. But this run game, it's it's so bad right now. That if they don't get it going, I mean they are they are thirty first. I mean that is it's going to take them a two hundred yard game to just get back to the middle of the pack. Um, and it's something that I didn't expect. Like I expected just the opposite, Steve. I thought they're going to ground, they're going to road grade some people because they got young offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They're going to be committed to the run and they stink at it. Well, I agree with everything you've said, but I also say they haven't had a lead. That's true. I mean, that's true. They led against and, Dallas right. the whole way, and they ran Dallas, the ball. They well. did, yeah. New Orleans, they, they didn't well. take the lead till the fourth quarter. Yes, yes. I mean, they were down three nothing at the half. It was three three at the end of three. No, you're right. You're right. And then against Green Bay, you never led. And that's where your yards come from yeah. in the fourth quarter with a lead. You're trying to salt it away. Yeah. Well, but even even when you're playing catch up early, you have to abandon the run. 
You got to get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the attempts know, aren't there. They, no they had six. They had six carries the other game, and, and it's because they're so bad at running the ball. Well, yeah, but they also were so far behind. You got to play catch up. Twenty one to three. Right. It's a chicken and the egg thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you're down because you can't stay on the field because you're you you're lousy on first down when mm-hmm. you have so many first down runs. But then you're right. Once you get down, you you can't. It's out the window. Like you can't even you can't even try to run the ball. You can't. Yeah. I mean. I, you know, I'd like to see this offense, and, and with Godwin back, is a big part. Right. But with a lead in the second quarter, you know, not fourth quarter like they did against New Orleans, and then they didn't lead the last two games, basically. Right. So, you know, let me see them with a lead or at least a, a tie game in the late second, third quarters and see what they can do with the running game. Brady said the same thing, essentially. He mm-hmm. said, I think you've always got to stay balanced over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. A few games, we've done a better job. We've just been getting behind quite a bit. And it's been frustrating that we haven't performed very well early in order to keep us more two-dimensional, like you've just mentioned. Mm -hmm. He said, when you're one-dimensional, it's tough. Last year, we just kind of fell back into the passing game because we knew we're successful on it. Um, But at the same time, you've got to play with the lead. Yeah, I mean, so, it's so much easier, whether it's baseball to pitch with the lead, football yeah, football sports, to call plays yeah, with the lead. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. And hockey to, you know, to play defense sure. and, and attack. with. It's so much easier when you have a lead. And yep. it, it's, yep. you know, those who score first in games typically, yeah. you know, have a better winning percentage. And, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. playing with the lead, not having to play catch-up, not having to abandon certain things because you're – Right, because you put yourself in a hole. You're not one dimensional. Football is a, you know, it's a mm-hmm. game of, of, you know, sort of. It's, you know, it's 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 not checkers, it's chess, right? But mm-hmm. it's basically, you know, I'm trying to do one thing, you're trying to do another thing, and if I can can dictate the tempo, if I can control the ball the way I want to, if you don't force me into being one dimensional, if you know I'm going to throw all the time, or you know I'm going to run all the time, then you can obviously adjust and stop it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and when you don't know, then I can, I got you where I want you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can dictate what we do and, and yeah. sort of like not, not be in a, uh, you know, in a comeback mode. Mm-hmm. And, where, and what does Tom do better than almost any quarterback in history? Play action. Win. Play action. Well, but yes. <laughs> but yeah, I know. Play, but play action. action. Sure. And, and if you're behind. It's gone. The play action yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, it's gone. Even they when you run, run the ball a few times, they're not respecting it. No, they're happy if you run it yeah. when you're down that much. Yeah, so the play Absolutely. action doesn't work. I mean, what makes Tom so successful in, in, in all those years in New England and in the last two years here in Tampa Bay for the most part is they were either you know in tight games or with leads, and, and, and then you have the whole playbook, and then you've got all of Tom's skill set. I mean, that play action is devastating when you have a lead. Because but you're do you expecting remember how how they would get those leads though? I mean, mm-hmm. didn't it seem like since 2020 and after that KC game, like they really were? Maybe they threw it to run it or or whatever, but it just seemed like they attacked people more than they have this year. They've they've seemed more predictable to me, mm-hmm. and I I don't have the data in front of me, but like you know, more first down runs and the runs themselves themselves. Like, there's a lot of ways to run the football, okay? And predominantly, the best way is to have the guys up front beat the man in front of them. But these days, like, 
there's no there's not a lot of creativity in their run game. There really isn't. Well, you know, I, I agree with you, and, and and it's really obvious when you just finished playing a team like Kansas City, yeah, who's extremely creative on, on offense. Right. But okay, so let's say the Bucks wanted to run some of those type of plays. Right. Is Leonard Fournette that back that's going to do that? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's Rashad White. I mean, I don't know. You know, but what I'm saying is, their running backs. You know, they don't have the same skill sets and and maybe the diverse skill sets that some of these other teams do. Well, they might they have to. The plan was to play more than one guy. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we know what Fournette is. Um, you know, I think White has a combination of speed and mm-hmm. elusiveness and power. And I think Keyshawn Vaughn did some nice things in the playoff game, too. I mean, he's run the ball well. They're mm-hmm. all sort of a little bit different. But if you don't get the attempts, then you're not going to get enough guys the ball, and you can't do it by committee. So, it, again, it's all out the window. But they might have to. You know, they might have to come out and just sort of, you know, get teams out of the out of the eight man fronts and mm-hmm. the you know, because I I think you know teams know they're not worried. First of all, they're not worried about Fournette running away from them, right? Right. Like, what's a Fournette big hitter? Right, twenty yards. Um, I guess he could go to the house, but he but he's not. You know, Ronald Jones was that guy two years ago, right? Like Ronald had world class speed, and he was if he got in the second level and beat you, he was he could go all the way. I don't. I don't think they they worry about Fournette that way, mm-hmm. you know. And and they haven't played the other backs at all. Right. The the other part so. about the creative run game, and and particularly we saw Kansas City with some really creative play calling. Yeah. But there's always the threat of Mahomes running too. That adds to it. Yeah, you don't have the spread option. That's sure. And I you're mean, not. That's true. You don't have that. Tom's not going to move. He's sitting right. in the pocket. So right. you start getting a little too creative up front. You may expose a lot more. You could. What you could do, though, is mm-hmm. a lot more um, of what Miami does, a lot mm-hmm. more what San Francisco does, which is, you know, the uh, the jet sweeps, the reverses, yes. the things that get the linebackers' eyes, you know, mm-hmm. going both ways at once, and they're not really sure which perimeter you're trying to press here. And, and, you know? and maybe we'll see more of that with a healthy receiving core. I mean, could. you know, the other part of could. that jet sweep in that is that your eyes are still focused on Mike Evans, but if he's the only other guy on the field. Yeah, it's a lot easier to cover. You know, but now if you've got Godwin here, Evans here, and this guy's running a Russell jet sweep Gage, here, now. Mike, maybe Julio. Yeah, you know. now, it, you know, we saw that in the first game with Julio. Right. Well, he know, made a hell of a play. He made a 48 yard reception. Right. But you had Evans on the field, you had Godwin on yeah. the field. You, ha- you know, you had more weapons out there. Right. So take your pick who you're going to cover. Right. You know, and, and I think the Bucks offense this year, I, I think I don't think they've done a good job run blocking, but they're playing from behind. And yeah. I, I just don't think they've had enough weapons on the field. Well, it could be right. I mean, I, it certainly is a better picture when they're all together, and I think they'll get that against the Falcons. I, if you want to see a team that can run the ball, though, and is committed to it, like from the time they get off the bus, it's the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arthur Smith comes from the Tennessee Titans, of course, where they they still win running the football. Um, they're not going to have Cordell Patterson. It, it's going to be you know a little tougher sledding for them from that standpoint. But they got some guys that you know can still run the football. I mean, they ran it you know like crazy last week, and a part of it is that helps them is Marcus Mariota because Mari- Mariota is that guy who can run the spread option and can run the bootlegs and mm-hmm. and the waggles and things like that, and so. You know, they run a lot of zone. Um, 
you know, running back can put his foot in the ground and go. And you run a lot of that off play action and or, you know, bootlegs and, and this sort of thing, get the defense going one way. The the guy that's going to be interesting that, that I, I love, uh, just watching him on film the first couple of weeks, uh, and he hasn't played much, is this uh, Tyler Algier, who's from BYU. He's a great story. And like a fifth-round draft pick, but can pick him up and put him down, and he's physical, and, you know, he's got a great backstory as well. But and so they've done it. You know, they did it with their other running backs because, you know, Patterson went down, and, of course, he's not going to play. They got another guy, this Caleb Huntley guy, also ran well for them. And they ran it for almost 200 yards. So no matter who's back there, the scheme is creative. Uh, you know, I, I just look at who's hurt for them, though. I mean, no Kyle Pitts. It looks like he's out. You know, no Cordell Patterson. I mean, their two biggest offensive weapons aren't playing the game. So, you know, at some point the Bucks have got you know, That should be a huge back. advantage for the Bucks defense. It's enormous. They they should be able to stop the run. Like it's something you know, that was what they were known for, right? If you said something like, What are, what what is the Bucks defense? What can they do? They stop the run. Nobody's run on these guys for three years. And then all of a sudden they can't stop the run. Which, you know, again, we may look back at it and say, Yeah, you know what, that was very much like two thousand. That was a blip. That's not who they were. And oh, by the way, Let's be honest about what they endured with the hurricane the week before. Mm-hmm. It, no one cares because it's it, it's just an excuse at this point. No one really cares. But they were dealing with crap down there that that you, the football teams just don't deal with, right? Like all your family members, you know, pets, rabbits. I mean, you name it. Uh, it was like Noah was going to build himself an ark or something, but. Well, the you routine's know, it, just thrown off, and these guys are creatures of habit. They're I mean, creatures they, of habit, you know. yeah. Football players, man, they don't want to prepare with their, you know, as soon as they're done or before they leave to practice. The wife and or girlfriend or kids have, you know, access to them and things going on, and you're worried about, you know, the hurricane and what you're coming back to. Because when we went down there on Tuesday, you know, Tampa Bay was still in in the crosshairs of that thing. Mm-hmm. And it didn't turn until, you know, hours after that, once they had gotten down there. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we can sit here and we can say, well, this and that. I do think that it affected their preparation. Todd Bowles finally said it on his radio station after first saying it didn't matter. But then, then he said, well, it did matter. And, of course, I, th- I, think it, I think it did matter. That's all part of it. But they have a chance now, you know, to, to get the Falcons – who are two and two, and this is for the NFC South lead, undisputed, by the way. And then the next week you go to Pittsburgh, which now has a rookie quarterback and isn't playing all that well, although it's look, it's tough to win in Pittsburgh. And then it's Carolina. You know, those three those are three really winnable games, man. Mm-hmm. You know? And and if you're gonna make some hay in this season and you don't want to just kind of flounder around, they need to go on this little run here, you know? I really do. Yeah, no question. This is where you've got to eat. You know, we talked about it from the beginning when the schedule came out. The first yep, four games are going to be difficult. Two and two. You said if mm-hmm. you go two and two, you're happy. Now you're okay. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. expected him to go two and zero oh and then lose the next two. Not but that way. Right. Both win, both on the road, lose at home. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're still two and two. Yeah. If you beat the Falcons, you're three and two, and you're leading the division by a game. Yeah. And you've beaten With- the Saints and and the Falcons in your division. Yeah, and then you got Carolina coming yeah. up two weeks later. Yeah, you're going to play Pittsburgh. the Steelers in Carolina. I mean, 
you should be. This team is good enough to be five and two at the end of at the next. Oh, absolutely! Season. They'll be favored enough to go five mm-hmm. and two. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Yeah. Whether they do or not, I, mean, I think of, of those. I think Pittsburgh will be the toughest venue. But again, rookie yeah. quarterback, you got to go in there and win. I mean, I mean, we've seen young quarterbacks give these guys fits before, mm-hmm. but they should go in there and win. This is not the you know the steel curtain that they're going against. And and again, rookie quarterback. So, yeah, they could get healthy really fast here and start having big days on offense, and they're all going to come back and say, yeah, you guys panic. But I know what I see, and what I see is bad ball, as, as Tom Brady said. And whether it's technique one time or, you know, something a different time, they're just not good at it right now. they got to get better. I mean, and I know they've worked on it. We'll see if they can do it this week. Should be an interesting game. One o'clock, thank goodness. Happy about that. <laughs> we don't have too many of those. Yeah, no uh, two o'clock taping of the podcast. No, thank God. And not a sellout, surprisingly. I guess it's surprising. I don't know. 70,000 people. Well, not yet. We'll see. I mean, you still got time. I mean, you know, will they announce us? At least it won't be blacked out if it's not sold out. No, that's true. But is, isn't part of the, I mean, and, and I don't know how many tickets are still available at this point, but. Yeah. You know, they, they opened that with the end zone seats. I can't remember. The cruise nest yeah, or whatever they're 3, calling 3,600 yeah. or something like that. They opened that, it yeah. like the week before the season started. Right. You know, are those are those the seats that basically are remaining? Or <laughs> Well, you, you a lot know? of them are, yeah. They they were available as season passes if you mm-hmm. wanted them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, they and, didn't and maybe some people upgraded two- from upper deck to there, and that opens Yeah, and they didn't require there. a two-year deposit for those. They did for everything else, but they didn't require it for that. But, um, yeah, it... it uh, there are single game tickets up in there. And so, you know, a lot of that is, uh, was available when they added them. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's certain game, you know, Atlanta Falcons aren't a big draw. That's the third straight sure. home game. And then you are following Rogers game. and Mahomes to Mariota. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to take us a, a breather here, this would be the one and they're two and two. I mean, they're not, they're not undefeated. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people aren't, you know, I got to see the bucks. If I were a Bucks fan and Tom Brady was playing, I'd watch every game because he's just not going to be here that long, folks. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, say that he's forty-five, he's still playing, but he's playing. He's playing pretty well. By the way, his arm looks fine. You know, I, and I know that it it probably isn't fine because he took a pretty good hit on it on that shoulder, and I've seen you know reports about rotator cuffs and things like that. Alex Guerrero does a really good job each week, no matter what of getting him ready, and, and he will again. He didn't practice Wednesday. He did throw on Thursday, and his arm still looks live enough, right? Like it's not – you're not seeing a decrease in below. You know, it's, it's, he can still get it done. So that's not going to be anything that's going to prevent him from going out there and, and, and playing well against the Falcons. And you know what? He has played well against the Falcons his whole career. I mean, was there any better example of that than the Super Bowl? He came back down 28-3. to you know, so should be it should be a fun game. I mean, I I think we're going to see heavy runs on both sides to some degree. But uh, if I were if I were the Bucks uh, and I could protect them up, I'd start I'd start zipping it and getting a little more aggressive and see if I can't get my passing game in rhythm and get a lead, like you said, and then you can run it, you know, with impunity. After that, it doesn't really matter. And so we'll see what they're able to do there. We're going to talk about the Rays, of course, in their playoff game today at Cleveland. But first, 
want to tell you about May Electric Solar. You want to save money on your energy bill and your electric bill is going up and up because of the fuel costs and all of that. Well, here's the, how you do it. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems for 12 years. Now, there's a lot of these companies out there. Some of them are pretty fly-by-night. But May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They've guaranteed their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products. They conduct on-site testing so you can see exactly what they install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long and preserve the quality of your appliances and the quality of your life. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. So I'm not thrilled exactly that uh, the Rays are playing at noon today and and as on Saturday as well, of course, in Cleveland. AL wildcard game, starting the, the playoffs. I was going to say kicking it off, but you don't kick off playoffs. You just saw an angry run on TV, by the way. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's going to be – I mean, look, they're not they're not favored to win this series. I could see them winning it, and it's, I think it's going to be pitching on both sides. My concern, and I read the story that Mark Tompkins wrote about Shane McClanahan, and you, I think you share the same thought, is that I don't know that Sugar Shane is the same guy he was the first half of the season before the All-Star game. In fact, there's plenty of empirical data that suggests that he's not. And we know he had the shoulder impingement and all of that. All I know is since he's come back, way fewer strikeouts, um, a few more runs for sure, and his record is backwards you know, from what it was the first half. So he says he feels fine. He says that he's, he's good to go. He's back. I don't know that I believe him, and I think he's going to need to be, clearly, if they're going to advance and do anything in this series. They need they need McClanahan and whatever they can get from Glass now, and then you've got you know the other starters waiting in the wings if you want to. You need one for game three, obviously, uh, but after that, you can go back you know to your ace. But to me, Steve, because he could potentially, you know, I mean, he's the guy that's going to be pitching every, what, three, four, every four days in the postseason. Like, McClanahan has to be well for them to win. That's, I know they got Jeffrey Springs. I know they got Corey Cooper and all that. But to me, I think it's got to be McClanahan. If the offense is going to continue to struggle as it has, right, then it's got to be pitching. And, and your bullpen's been great. But if you can't get your ace to give you a performance to help you win a game, it's going to be a tough Tough Maybe road in a line. best of three. I mean, right, you know, right. class now at most is going to go five innings in game four or two. five. Right, right. I mean, you know, maybe it's four depending on his pitch efficiency. Yeah, you know, so you know you're going to get at least four or five innings on game two from your bullpen. Right now, you know, you have options like you know Drew Rasmussen and Corey Kluber potentially to come after Glass now and or McClanahan if needed assuming Jeffrey Springs is starting game three, if you get that far. But McClanahan's your ace. He carried this team pitching-wise, starting pitching-wise, until Rasmussen Springs started really heating up. Yeah. You know, those are your big two. Mm-hmm. Glass now and, and McClanahan. Glass now is coming back from injuries. Look good so far. 
Yeah. We'll see in his third start what he does. But if McClanahan doesn't pitch well, it's, it could be a very long day for the Rays. Yeah. And because I, I just don't know, I don't know where day, the offense is going to come from at yeah. this point. I, I mean, mean, if you're playing Saturday to try to stay alive, that's a bad. That's a bad position. You to me, you have to win this first game. Yes. Yeah, with your ace on the mound. Yes. Because you don't know. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get from Tyler, right? I mean, we think he, he could go four, maybe five, and his, his stuff is great. But, but he, he hasn't been even out if there, he's lights out. Even if he's lights out for four or five innings. You still got to cover outs. four or five innings. Yeah, exactly. Talent. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Rays need to get off to a good start. They need a Rosarena's bat to heat up. I mean, he's been ice cold coming down the stretch. Right. Now, right. the last two postseasons, he's been extremely hot. So yeah. you hope that maybe the, he rises to the occasion of the stage like he has the last two years. Let me ask you this, because... I'm just going to say it. I think it's a dumb theory espoused by by talk radio, and I'm not trying. I've done talk radio, so I'm not trying to like, mm-hmm. you know, rain on somebody's parade here. But I heard a, a good portion the other day of some of people talking about the postseason and the Rays in particular, and they said, "You know where it all went wrong? You know where it's it changed is when Yandy Diaz threw hands at at Randy Rosarina in the parking lot." They have not been any good since then. And they they cited the record, which, first of all, the record, go tell me which one of the last five games the Rays really tried to win. Because they didn't. Yeah, the I mean, la- I'm not saying they didn't want to win them. I'm saying they set up their pitching. They brought guys in from Durham. They had leads that they then, you know, abdicated just because mm-hmm. we wanted a guy from Durham to mop up for us. And he lost the lead. And they haven't hit. But but here's what I I mean, and I don't listen. I wasn't in the parking lot. I have no idea what was said. I, I I don't know if that's even remotely a thing. I don't. Um, but I do know this because I played on some teams before, and that is, no matter what you feel about a teammate, mm-hmm. and you want to you know take the long route in the locker room or clubhouse, not to encounter him or whatever. When you're on the mound. Or, or in this case, you got a third. When you're playing third, or you're batting, you're facing a pitcher in a game. Trust me, you don't have the time or or the luxury to sit there and worry about some scrap you got in with a teammate in a parking lot. Like you're not taking that to the plate, right? Could there be a bad vibe in the clubhouse? Like half the guys are supporting one, and half are the. I don't know, man. I mean. <sighs> It's the old Yankees thing. Remember when they were great? Uh, mm-hmm. It was, what, 25 cabs for 25 players? So, I mean, if the Ray, you think back to that the, the time when the scuffle happened, whatever happened in the parking lot. Yeah. But Yandy Diaz was already missing a couple games because of his shoulder. Yeah. Brendan Lau at that point was ruled out for the season. Mm-hmm. Randy Rosarina missed a game or two there. And, and it was very rare this year that both of them were out of the lineup. Like, I right. think until three or four weeks ago, there was only like three games this year that neither one of them was in the lineup. And those guys have carried your team this year. I mean, the only two guys healthy all year, really. I mean, from an offensive standpoint. Well, you think they're being punished for their scrap? No. I, I Well, I, Yandy Diaz's shoulder was – he had already missed a game or two prior. I think yeah, he was he, hurt. I mean, they're I not he indicating that, that that was hurt or further hurt because he got in a fight, no, right? No, no. I don't I, – well, I don't know. I mean, they haven't said – 
Yeah. But it, he had already missed a game or two prior to that. It wasn't like that happened. Then they said, oh, he hurt his shoulder and he's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he was already missing some time. Right. You know, Wander Franco was coming back, but he wasn't fully healthy. You could tell. I mean, the power wasn't there in the swing. Right. You know, you just you look at the big guys in the, in the lineup, and maybe maybe Rosarina went cold after that. That that I could, okay, maybe that happened. Sure. But guys go through hot and cold streaks. Whether that had anything to do with it, I don't know. I just don't think you're. I mean, you. you I'm trying to think. Like, okay, the vibe is bad, or maybe, like I said, you walk around a guy and avoid him in a clubhouse, or maybe guys are taking sides. I, all of that could happen, right? Mm-hmm. But when you go to the, when you grab a bat. In the bat rack and go up to the plate. Are you really thinking about that? No, I I just think if you looked at the lineup. I mean, okay, so Lau's out for the season. Wander wasn't himself. Yandy Diaz, who and Randy Rosarino, your best two hitters, went ice cold, and Yandy right. missed a lot of time. Uh, you, you just start going through the lineup, and it's like, what offense do you expect? G Man Choi's been ice cold since the All Star break, right? And they those guys didn't go ice cold because mom and dad were fighting. You know what I'm no, saying? Like mm-hmm. it's just. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know if that. I mean, did that affect? You know, if if, if they had to miss a game or two because of this, uh, something happened and got hurt or something. Okay, it's possible. If yeah. if you know if Randy and Yandi basically missed the next week, so I, you can't really infer how he. But did that weigh on Randy a little bit for a week or two, and maybe that's why he's cold right now? Maybe. I, I can't tell you that mentally. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think, but I don't know. I. I, I mean, whatever happened. I mean, look. The fact of the matter is, and you've been around enough locker rooms. Scuffles happen all the time. Well, listen. They don't that, get reported. I mean, they don't get reported all the time because they didn't happen no, in the parking lot where people saw it. They happen in the hotels. They happen over. Uh, listen, you can't. And I just from a college standpoint, there's no way mm-hmm. twenty five guys are going to get along. Twenty five guys. With all those personalities, you think they're all liking you? You think they like? I hated some guys on my teams, mm-hmm. and they felt the same way about me. Mm-hmm. And almost every team I ever played on, there were guys I just I had no use for. I couldn't get along with. You know what? When it time came time to play, we're all trying to do the same thing, which was win the game. Mm-hmm. And we we're trying to have success ourselves. You know, we weren't. I wouldn't worry about guys I didn't particularly care for when I was at the plate. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think baseball is played that way. Now maybe maybe football where, you know, if you're the right guard and the right tackle and you don't get along and, you know, you're not communicating because you just don't like the you know, there there might be some things from that standpoint. But baseball is one of those it's a team sport, but it's really individual battles within a team. You know, it's you against the pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't take your teammate up there with you. So, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. It's good radio talk show fodder. You know, I just don't buy the premise. I think, like I said, after that happened, Yandy Diaz was out of the lineup for a week. Yeah. And and without him in the lineup, it was pretty thin. And they're not saying that he hurt his shoulder throwing a punch, right? No. To be clear. I, not, I, mean, not the, I mean, like I said, he had missed a game or two. I don't remember the number. Prior to that. But right? prior to that. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, he played that night and, that, and then he was out after that. He had already missed a couple games. Right, right. So... Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting, but nonetheless, I don't know. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And finally, we'll wrap it up on this. Uh, because we talked to Matt Baker the other day. You can go on the podcast and look that show up. It was pretty good. We were talk we got into a conversation about Jeff Scott at USF and then and then Matt actually went over to USF because Scott was talking that day. Man, oh man. Um again, nice guy, he's work hard, try to build a program. I'm not calling for jobs. I will just say this. He said one thing that blew me away. And if I was his media advisor and and he had was of that mindset i would have stopped him <laughs> because last question <laughs> yeah right he got up there and one of the one of the so-called excuses or reasons or whatever right that he's dealing with um he said in almost sort of like justifying their crappy record this year he said something like and i'm paraphrasing let's be honest we were 14-point underdogs in, in several of those games. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're, are you invoking the Las Vegas line for justification as to why you may not have won because you weren't supposed to? Like, it's the, I, on so many levels, I have a problem with this. Not to mention, the least of which is, hey, gambling is not should not be the biggest concern here. But, like, it's it's not that well we had no business on the field with BYU or Florida because we were 14 pointer plus underdogs you knew that was going to happen but the bottom line is is that this this point spread that you referred to is is weird to refer to it in the first place but secondly it's a mirror like Las Vegas is saying to its betters this is a really bad football team here against a a better team that mm-hmm. like a 14 point better team and not because they're just so much better but because USF is a really bad football team and i mean that's how you go 4 and 22 but you please don't ever if i had to give one piece of advice to coach scott and i don't know him but i would just say hey man do not bring up the line again and the fact that you lost games you were heavily not favored in well how many points were they an underdog to florida I guess I don't know. I mean, they played really well. I don't think the points they probably should have won that there. game. I mean, yeah, they were they were the better team. They were that night, and I would think they'd be at least two touchdown underdogs at but, least. But I mean, you know, how many points underdog was App State to Texas A and M? There you go. Or you, you know, Nebraska who lost to what was it, Georgia Southern or one of those uh, schools? Yeah, that's that's why you play the games. Yeah. Hello, you play to win the game, but. It's just, I that one thing set me off. I don't know why it bothered me, but it bothered me. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, you're an underdog because Vegas and and they believe that you're not as good of a team. They don't think you're any good. But that's and, on you. And granted, I don't know how much the hurricane had to do with this too. And we talk about this with the Bucks. So you have to be fair enough to talk about it with USF. I think so. But yeah. to be down forty-one-seven at the half, forty-one-seven. I saw something on Twitter by. Uh, USS original head coach, Jim Levitt, mm-hmm. who's back here locally, by the way. Mm-hmm. His mom's like 97 years old or 96. My mom's 95. And 
I can remember Jim playing ball for my dad and, and you know, the, the Levitts being there. But so he's back in this area and they and he got on some podcast. I don't know which one it was. I forgive forgive me for not being able to source I that. think he's got I think he's on the pod. I think that's was it his podcast? It's because okay. it's like the coach and the punter or something or Oh, okay. So that that's or... probably what it, but regardless, he said something that I thought was really and maybe Scott has done this, I don't know. But he, they were like, Well, what would you do, you know, after going down forty one to whatever it was, six or whatever? Um, what would you do, you know, to get your team turned? And he goes, Well, I know this. He said I'd only play the guys that are playing hard. He goes, we would sit down as a team, and we would watch that film. The whole film. And I'd let, the whole film. I'd let, what's that? He said he'd watch the whole film, too. He watched the whole film with his mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. and he, he'd make the players determine who's playing hard or not. Yep. Like, we'll see it together. Let's yep. watch this film. You guys tell me. He goes, and, and at that point, I don't care about talent. You might, have, you might be the more talented player. I'm playing the guy that plays harder. I'm playing every guy that's playing hard, and if you're not, you're not playing. Mm-hmm. I love that. You'd probably get killed, but I love the fact that we're not going to go. We're not going to do it this way, you know. Like we're we're going to be all in all the time, and I I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know. You know Scott will have his own way, obviously. And talent talent ultimately prevails. But well, look, your next two weeks are at Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and then it's it's Tulane at home. That's tough. Man. Both are good teams. Yeah, and then you, then you have a bye week and you go to Houston. Now Houston hasn't well, lived up to expectations this year, but look, talking to Matt, just his picking up the vibe he had. We can talk to him about it next week, but the vibe he got at USF is, and and you know, actually the coach said this too. He goes, "You don't get better by, you know, by starting over." Well, you're not really getting better now, so that's maybe why you would start over. <laughs> so, um, but. There is apparently at least the vibe that, and I won't put words in his mouth, but the vibe that Matt got over there was that, yeah, there's no momentum to get rid of this guy. Like, the the AD, the administrator, like, no one is standing on the table going, he's got to go. I think, I think they they want to give him that time. I think they, they just do. Really interesting weekend in sports, of course, the Rays with their series in Cleveland, we'll know by Monday when we talk to you next whether they're going to advance or, or their season is over. And then, of course, it's Bucks falcons 1 o'clock, Raymond James Stadium. The Bucks with a two-game losing streak at home to start the season. they got to see if they can turn it around. So lots going on as well as the Lightning begin pretty soon here too, Steve. Right? Tuesday night. So the final <sighs> preseason game is tomorrow afternoon at 4 at Amelie Arena. And I and my girls are pumped for it. They really are. They love nothing like I, I tell you. We could do football every day, and they're like, man. Mm-hmm. And then and now the lightning open the on the road. The first three are on the road, which yeah. normally they the open Rangers, at home. Right? It's, yeah, it's not yeah. often that they've started on the road. So no, no, that's a tough way to go. But yeah, you know, that I, the Rangers are becoming a nice little rival for them. I think that's a rematch of the Eastern Florida Conference is. Finals. So yeah, Florida is of course, but mm-hmm. nonetheless. So, yeah, busy weekend sports, busy time in sports. You get to October, everything's happening, so should be a lot of fun. Anyway, thanks for listening. For Steve Ersink, I'm Rick Strata of the Tampa Bay Times. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 